0: And welcome back to another edition of Lay It On The Table, the Southern Board Gaming Pot. Bo- ah, there we go again. <laughs> Holy cow! Welcome back to Lay It On The Table, the Southern Board Gaming co- Pot. I'm just dead today. This Man. is the Southern Board Gaming Podcast that puts the accent on Southern. There the it third is. Try is. Third try is the time. Third time is the charm. Man, that's what I get Oof. for that's what I get for doing these things sober
1: hi I'm I, know gonna... I was gonna say it <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> well hi everybody i'm one of your hosts joe mahaffey clearly still struggling with something that i should just write down and put in front of me and read it to you all but yeah. uh, i feel like you know if you're gonna wing it wing it hard and i won it this morning that's pretty dang sure uh as always my my partner in crime uh james Engelhart here
1: uh, apparently um well, I don't have to struggle through that that setup, so um, I just sit here every couple of weeks and and just my heart, you know, breaks for you every time, Jeff.
0: You know, I'm really kind of hoping that it just becomes a thing that that's what people will tune in for is just to listen. Does he get it right this time?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I don't think that so that's, that's it.
1: That's part of the yeah. It could become a drinking game for
0: people. Uh, that's that's true. I I think that that might have been the problem. I wasn't drinking before I started, so I don't yeah. know. So, gosh, it's I feel like it's been a month. It, yeah. Because, uh, well, it's been a month. I think last time we were here, we talked to Christina Stiles.
1: We had some great conversations with a couple yeah. of
0: people. Yeah. Prior to that, we talked to Richard Fortuna. By the way, uh, Jeff Conn is this weekend in Charlotte. I did not make it up there. I will get into all that in just a little bit. Uh, but it does go through, I believe, about 4 or 5 o'clock today. Um, okay. today, being Sunday the 13th, just, uh... today being Sunday the 13th. Just Today being Sunday the 13th. And then as uh, uh, as the
1: Pogo comic strip used to have it, Oh, Friday, the 13th falls on a Sunday this month. So
0: there you go. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, but it's nice to be back and kind of getting into some of our other topics, but we certainly hope to have uh, more guests and, uh, even maybe just a, a little side segment that we do with somebody, uh, that we can kind of insert into this at some point. Yeah. Along the way, but as usual, let's let's jump into it and talk about what's been on our table. I guess over the last month, which mine's going to be pretty sparse. But go ahead, you go first.
1: So is mine. It's been um, you know, we went through midterms and had a bunch of projects and grading. I'm still in the midst of grading, but it's done pretty well so far. But uh, a couple of fun ones that I've played recently um, with my students. They turned in a major paper, and I said, "Hey, let's take a little time off." So I set up the next paper and I said, okay, here's what we're going to do next. We're going to play some games. So we played uh, Similo. Do you know this game? I don't. So it's a little... All, all. Both of these, we played Similo and we played the game. Uh, both co-ops mm-hmm. because I didn't want them going, uh, you know, at each other's throats in the middle of, you know, 9.30 in the morning. Sure. So Similo is a really small uh, themed deck and you've got like fables and you've got animals and um it's a very basic kind of like a very stripped down version of uh code words let's say and so there's one person who's giving clues the rest of the the team is trying to not pick the wrong card and the person who's giving the clues has only one way to reveal the clue and so they'll put down a card either sort of straight up and down so sort of uh, vertical like a thumbs up it says the target card is like this card they can't say anything and then people try to take card take a card out that is not like the card they just put down or you can put it horizontally like a minus sign saying it is not like this card and all it's on the card are like pictures pictures of animals uh, pictures of you know people from myth and fable and On the first round, you take out one card. Two, second round, you take out two cards. Third, you take out three. Four, you take out four, which will leave exactly two cards left. And on the last round, hopefully, the target card is still on the table and the team takes out the last standing non-target card and you win. But that's (laughs) kind of tricky to do. So super fun. Easy enough to teach very quickly. You could play the game now. Um, But it also... Kind of makes them think wait wait well how is this like these other things super great to then hear my students discuss what they thought that was like uh, and then we played the game uh one of my students had played it before and that afternoon after we played it in class one of my other students went uh went out to target picked it up and played it that weekend with their friends so i felt like that was a that was a big win
0: so that was they went they picked up similar or they picked up the game no they picked up the game yeah because you so, know, when I was looking at this, uh, just to kind of you know prep myself uh, for it, I noticed that the game came out a while ago. Yep. And so it's one of those that I think is is pretty uh, interesting of note, just because it's still in production. Hmm. Um, yeah,
1: it's got some good. It's a nice evergreen title. Nice. And, and I think, I feel fairly strongly, actually. I don't just think this vaguely. That um, the the um, graphical over makeover that they did mm-hmm. is what has kept it alive. Cause otherwise it was going to sink beneath the waves very quickly. Got it. Got it. Cause so it started off as a, these bloody skulls on a black background and you're like, why, why it's so unfriendly. Um, why would you do this? So then they got a different designer, made it all pretty and it's been flying out of the shelves, off the shelves and out of the doors. Of stores for years since.
0: Yeah, very cool.
1: Yeah.
0: <clears throat> so I know you have one that you want to talk, the, a third one, but before you get there, I'm going to throw in one of mine because I want to Please use, do. I want to I use was that gonna, as sort yep. of a, a segue. But, um, <clears throat> so we've been playing Arc Nova, and I know I've talked about Ark Nova before. Um, the last month we haven't played a lot of games. Uh, part of right. that is you can tell by the raspiness of my voice. Uh, I had a little bit of a cold. Uh, it was not COVID. It was probably the flu. There was fever involved, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And we also moved my mom uh, from independent living into assisted living. And so it just took a lot of the, the – there was a big time suck that sure. uh, took some games off the table. So, um, But last week was Extra Life, which is the big uh, fundraiser for children's cancers that they do nationally. And, uh, of course, the friendly local game store here in town, Carolina Tabletop Games, uh, had a fundraiser page, and they were just off the hook. They were open for 48 hours. Wow. And um, so Rob, uh, the owner, and I, we had talked about getting together and teaching him Arc Nova because he was going to be working at the store on Saturday, and he was going to be done at 4. So Dale and I started brushing ourselves up on the game because it's, it's funny how you learn a game, and then you put it down, and you go to do something else, and you come back to the game, and you're like, now wait a minute.
1: Okay, I know what these are for. What do I we forget exactly. here? Yeah.
0: So we've been playing And of course last weekend we didn't get it over there because Rob was like, Yeah, this place is off the hook. There's no place to sit.
1: Okay. So well I'm that's like, a good problem like, to have. Yeah,
0: good problem. No worries. So um so we're gonna we're gonna hopefully get in there next weekend and, and teach them the game. But uh yeah, so we've been doing Arc Nova, just trying to brush ourselves up on it. And it's one of those games where I know you have talked a lot about how you and Laura play games and there's that game that you always win and it just She just doesn't want to stop until she can beat you. That's Uh kind of of where we are at Arc Nova. Uh, uh, Dale had her best game two nights ago. Yeah. And I still won 14 to to 13. Oh, man. So it was, it's just like this, (laughs) her, you know, kind of thing. So, anyways, that's the only game that's really been on our table, but we're hoping to, uh, I think we're going to play one more today and then we're going to cl- clear it off and start fresh with something new.
1: So did you find something, have you found new things in Ark? once you've taken a break and come back uh, playing a couple more, is it? Different? Yeah,
0: we, we've discovered a little bit more how the mechanics operate because there's a, there is that engine building feel to it. Right. Um, that there were some things that we, it's taken a while to understand. So for example, uh, there's certain icons that allow you to get certain cards out and certain and we realize that there's more ways to count those icons than oh. we, than we initially understood uh, was part of it. Um, <clears throat> and as well as just sort of, you know, seeing that you can do things at scale and grow and, you know, there's something can do like a lightning action where you get something right away or you get something recurring. Right, you know, and so it's just um, just learning those nuances, and because it's one of those games where it's really slow to get your reputation going, and then all of a sudden it goes really fast. Okay, because you're you've built up the engines to the point that all right. of a sudden, in fact, when we played, uh, what's today? Okay, Friday when we played, um, I realized if i play this next card the game's over and i was looking for anything i could do not to end the game uh, i was trying to figure out when i did it there would be a big enough move um and in that particular version uh, i won plus 22 she lost negative 22 wow yeah i mean it was uh, the way the game is scored and stuff it it's possible that that's that, score. That's, that mm. sounds jesus yeah so anyway um, so, Ark Nova, uh, there's a lot of complexities to it, and the thing is, we've always played it as a two-player game, and mm-hmm. because it's just two of us. And so, one of the reasons we want to play with other people is that there are some elements in there that don't really work if you're playing a two-player game. Okay. So, for example, when you get a macaque, a macaque can pilfer from somebody, but you're so, but it, there's a certain parameter by which you pilfer. And it's like, but in a two-player game, it's just not worth it. So, and then there's a Venom thing that you run into. And those generally play better at three and four. So we we just kind of ignore those um, just because, you know, we do.
1: There's a lot of, uh, some of that kind of stuff reminds me of like Evolution or other games where you've got an attack mechanism. And if you've got two or three people to choose from then maybe they've set up the thing that you can attack but if it's just the one person across the board then you just get into this basic fight space where they're like well i'm just not going to do that thing that gives you what you need right yeah
0: and that happens
1: yes and then you just sort of turtle up play some kind of defense where they just don't get you just keep crushing their dreams really is exactly Exactly.
0: So, uh, it looks like you had one other on your list. Do you want to talk about that?
1: It did? Yeah. Cause, um, we, and this will be, I think the uh, transition that you're looking for here, mm-hmm. but, uh, so we got wingspan back to the table because, uh, of course the, um, Asia expansion plus nexting box yep. stuff is happening. And so we, uh, jumped in on that. Um, so ticket number 6700 out of apparently about 10,000 and uh, got in on that pretty nicely. And so we've been sitting down and just sort of rediscovering this game that we started playing at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, just kind of like, hey, here's here's a game that has enough meat on it that it keeps me interested, you know, beyond some of the sort of really basic, like, I don't want to play Ticket to Ride yet again. Let's do <laughs> something more interesting. Uh, and I see, you know, the Wingspan has its limits, but it's still a super fun, quick game. And um, it's been nice to return to it, see the birds, do we know and love. Um, I've been getting my ass handed to me uh, quite handily uh, by Laura, but it's still been, you know, it, again, like we are saying, is that you come back to it and it's like, oh, wait a minute, how many, what do we get to start? What are we doing? Oh, yeah. And then you s- just slide right into the, the patterns and the rhythm of it all—you're And you're like, ah, I got this—and it's a—it's a nice, sort of relaxing as we get towards the end of the semester as well, and uh, just a good, um, just a good—it's a nice one because we can leave it up, and you know, while just right after Emerson goes to bed, we can just sit down and play it, and it takes, you know, I don't know, forty-five minutes at the outside for the two of us because we just know what we're doing um so and and of course we're also waiting for because we jumped in and got the asia plus nesting box all at once we have committed because it is you know i proposed to laura using uh, wingspan and it oh. was the first game that we really sat down to play together you know like a lot um that we both really like loved so and we're well over you know 100 plus plays at this point point. so it's been So as we're waiting for the, the new wingspan materials,
0: uh, we've been, it's
1: been fun to go back through the old wingspan materials.
0: Well, that's, that's totally fair. Well, first of all, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm very jealous Mm. because the day that it dropped, yes, it was one or two in the afternoon before I could do anything with it. Uh, And by the time I got to it and had it in the, I had it in my shopping cart, and I was checking out, and it sold out. Ooh. So I was able to get the Asia. Okay. And then I was able to get the subsequent reprint of the nesting box because I got to tell you, I I was like, I sent like immediately to Jamie, email <laughs> help. Ah. I was doing this blah blah blah. And he's like, Yeah, I'm sorry, and he he's like right away, like not even missing a beat. Wow. Joe, Joe, I'm sorry go ahead and reserve for when the the, the reprint comes up and that's already come out that came out this week with his update so he didn't waste yep. any time getting the update out and so I've got uh, I've got my orders in for the for the Asia and uh, the nesting mm-hmm. box but they will come separate which actually is fine with me it's fine yeah because I got the I got the viticulture with it, it, it the expansion in the the crate and nice. um, and then I've seen the by now. I don't have the box, you know, which is fine. I'm not a I'm not sure. a obsessive compulsive completionist. Yes, I am. I'm
1: very much. Oh, I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: so um, anyway, so it was. But the nice thing about it was just you know um, being able to email Jamie right away, and he gets back to you right away. And he's such a really nice guy. Wow. Which which kind of jumps in, and you'll see. I've added something else to the list here mm-hmm. as I go. So Jamie actually published uh, a blog post this week. Called "Why I Quit Twitter," it's not you, it's me, and I, I encourage everybody to read it. And part of it is, is that I think you know I I, I like what he says here. I try to be a kind, positive, loving person. Emphasis emphasis on try. And I try to be a force for good. And he says, Not this has nothing to do with uh, about you know who the new owner is or isn't. It's more just about how he feels like he behaves when he's on that platform." And I thought, you know, it's interesting that he's that self aware because I feel like he could have said, "Sorry, sucker, you should have placed your order sooner." Oh uh, yeah. You know, but instead he was really nice. Like, gosh, I'm sorry, Joe. This is our solution. These were just a finite thing. Just, just you know, be patient and thank you so much, and go ahead and get. I mean, nice about it. Now, part yeah. of it is, you know, we're customers and we're trying to give him. Sure. Our, we're just trying to hand him our money. That's all we're trying to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. He's happy to so, have that happen.
0: Exactly. Well,
1: as and, and so one of the things I was interested, uh, Laura and I were talking about this at lunch too. That, you know, you have um, a predetermined smaller, and at ten thousand units, it's not entirely tiny. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but you you say so. Uh, you know, the customers say we would love to have a big box where everything just goes into it because we know we're going to get all the wingspan stuff. And if you're, you know, Stegmeyer, or another business person, you're like, mm, people say that, but then I bring it to bring it to the market and are they actually going to buy it it turns out yes yes they will so just a sort of interesting way to judge you know put your toe in the water and say is this really where i want to be swimming or um should i just towel off and keep heading down to find
0: somewhere else well and i think for him it's it's you know he's got enough data to say okay this is how many scythe big boxes i sold right and scythe was one of those that had a cult following has a cult following Yep. Different variations, different expansions, etc. Um, I don't know how successful the viticulture crate was for him, honestly. Uh, yeah. because I have not se- I, I haven't seen that for sale separately. Doesn't mean it's not. I just I don't spend a lot of time looking in the shop here. Let me I can go here while we're chatting and see <laughs> if I happen to see it in the shop, but I don't think I do. Um yeah, I don't see it at all. So I wonder if that was, you know, people who like viticulture and, and all that. Maybe they just, oh, wait, nope, there it is. Okay. But he still has it with viticulture world in it. Okay. That's one of the ways to buy viticulture world. Okay, that, that makes sense. Okay. It's still there. Sorry. I should nope. look further now. Oh, wait, nope, hold on. I take it back. It says sold out. Okay. So it's, it is sold out. <coughs> so the question is, will it ever come back into stock? Okay. Well, and that's one of the interesting things about this uh,
1: hobby, particularly this sort of version. I mean, Stonemaier and Wingspan, those are huge. Well, Wingspan's a huge seller. Stonemeyer's a small company. I get that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, when we're talking about games like this, there are many times there are games that I was very interested in, and they, you know, they have a print run of, you know, three to five thousand, maybe. And there's three to 5,000 goofy people like myself out there who were like, yeah, sure. And then the company's small and says, you know what? It's not in our interest to, you know, we, it took us two years to sell through that. And so um, we're moving on.
0: Well, and even it's, yeah. Well, I was just going to say even there, I mean, it's, um, one of our favorite games is Kohaku and the original publication had these nice acrylic tiles and the second printing only has cardboard tiles. Uh, there you go. And yeah. It's like, oh, it's just not as satisfying. Sure, but it's and it's
1: and it's one of the. But it's an interesting thing about. It's an interesting part of this hobby that, you know, if you don't, if you're on the fence about something and you decide, oh, I'll pass, and then two three years later you think, oh, I should have gotten that. It's not going to be sitting on a shelf somewhere, or. It'll be in some really old FLGS, you know, and it'll be on there uh, reduced for quick sale back in a corner someplace in a town you never go to. So,
0: But that's also where, the, after- that
1: way. It's where the
0: aftermarket comes into play. I mean, I told yep. you about buying the original print of Kingsburg by using the BGG yep. um, marketplace. Mm-hmm. And then as I look around, you know, as I, I've been doing a number of things here in my home office that have given me more shelf space for games. Uh. I'm, but you, you know me. I'm going to grow to the size of the fishbowl that I'm in. So that's how many oh, yes. games I'm going to get. Yeah. But, um, but I keep looking at the games like, okay, what do I not play? What should I be putting on the marketplace or finding a way? Uh, you know, on the one hand, there's certain things I'd like to put on a marketplace. On the other hand, I kind of feel like, you know, you, you, perhaps you see in those neighborhoods where you, the people put the little houses up and it says, take a book, leave a book. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. almost yeah. want to do that with board games. <laughs> you know take a game little uh
1: to... mini uh, the little library kind of
0: thing. yeah yeah I think there should be a little little game store little game library very fine know so uh other things in the board game news that I took note of today there some of these are just not news and and they're just things that sort of interested me so we start we started talking about Arc Nova as the game that Dale and I've been playing and one of the first things I read about it when I first saw it. Was it's like Zoo Tycoon coming to life, okay Run to the board? Well, uh, there is now a Zoo Tycoon Kickstarter for a board game. Um, it's uh. it's very different because I, I looked at the Kickstarter page uh, pretty intently this morning, just to sort of see what's different. It's very much there's very meeple heavy like Ark Nova, mm-hmm. but there's more Offspring kind of icons here that tells me they're going a little bit different. Different path with it, and I and I'm kind of mixed about it because I have it backed it. I have it saved because there's there's ten more days to go on this, and it's it's reached its funding goal, so it's going to happen. But part of me wonders, even though Ark Nova was probably inspired by Zoo Tycoon, is this little is this like oh too late we missed the boat? Because I get I get recommendations all the time for all these other bird games, and I don't get them. Oh yeah, because Wingspan is just so darn satisfying. Why would I want to go play an imitation? Yeah. So I'm kind of, kind of going to watch it a little bit, um, but I'm just not there. I'm always interested too because it's a kind of cartoony.
1: I was looking at it as well. It's a very cartoony look, uh, and it seems to be like, oh, look at how cute and desirable this thing is, and then it seems like there's a lot of stuff going on beneath the chrome um and with a lot of different dials and i mean and by dials i mean you know um places to put your meatballs cards draft mechanisms on top of you know then you're it's a tile laying action going on as well as um getting animals as linked to you know how you're going to establish your zoo as a conservation zoo or as a moneymaker or these different kinds of things. And I think if you're someone who walks into a game store, just zips past and you see these cute animals and you pick that up, it, it feels like it's setting up expectations for a very different experience. Um, so, and I kind of contrast this in my head as I was looking at this stuff this morning with the older, much older classic Zuloretto, which was far more streamlined you know this is sort of a more classic early euro kind of with an pick you choose putting down tiles and that's about it
0: well you know it's funny there is a trend i've noticed of uh, video games becoming board games yes and i don't know how i feel about it yet um i mean i was never uh, a big aficionado of zoo tycoon my girls played it growing up they had the original you know video game they had a lot of fun with it um, mm-hmm. I'm sitting here seeing it's got 230 animal meeples, which tells me it's it. gonna be a hefty, mm-hmm. a hefty box. Um, I don't know the publisher for no other reason than I don't think I looked at it close enough to see if it was a known publisher or just' it didn't somebody seem who got the licensing because I would imagine you either it either has to be the person, that originally owns the intellectual property, or they got permission from somebody,
1: yeah. And this is the, my thought, did not look familiar to me, so but then the world is full of to stuff I don't know,
0: so. yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, I can see that Mark Durer, I have no idea if I'm pronouncing it right because this is a Switzerland, um, ah, I see it too thing, but I don't know, I don't know if it's just they got the licensing for it, and not. So I'm just I'm just kind of curious about it, um, for no other reason than it got my attention because of the Ark Nova thing, and and I think Capstone Day Capstone Games, that does Arc Nova, they also did New York Zoo. I think they mm-hmm. kind of understand the aesthetic and the right. the, the the gameplay, because I, I oh, kind and of. I-
1: yeah, the gameplay is key because there's so much that you can just hide under stuff if it's computerized. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, and it's kind of like, you know, I, I look at the the series like Ark Nova and New York Zoo. Mm-hmm. Same capstone games, different designers, etc. But they almost rhyme <laughs> in the sense that it's almost like I could play trails or I could play parks. If I wanted a simpler version of the game. I might play Trails. If I want a more complex version of the game, I could play Parks. I, that, that might be an oversimplification, but that is just sort of how okay. it strikes me and and, and you know, I, I mean obviously when we talk about Kickstarters here in a minute, you know, I'm it's not like I have this this high and mighty uh, opinion over what I will and what I won't back, you know, but to a degree there's got to be something that is inspiring me to do this. And sure. I don't know. I'm just not. I'm just not sold on this one yet. Uh, doesn't mean it, it's gonna happen. You know, it's not like oh, yeah. I'm. I'm not holding anybody back with this opinion.
1: Nope. <laughs> nope. It looked like it was doing just fine without you.
0: Speaking of parks, okay. Yes. Uh, Keymaster Games has got a new Kickstarter out there called Chicken. Okay. And I got to tell you, this is another one of those that I am just. You know, I, I used to think, "Wow, uh, anything by this artist, I'm just going to go out and get."
1: Okay. Anything by this so publisher, more, yeah. I'll
0: go. This one does not speak to me at all. It is a, it's a <laughs> roll chickens, hatch eggs. It's a dice game, and I, I guess I'm, I'm not against dice games. I guess it's just I'm not, I'm not, I don't have enough experience with them to say I'm interested in this genre. Other than Kingsburg, which I guess is a dice game.
1: It is, but this feels more like a sort of almost kind of traditional push your luck. Super,
0: super light it looks. Yeah, it's yeah. ten to twenty minutes playing time. It's it's you know, it's
1: Yeah. It's this lively. is just um let's take it to the beach and when we've got a time between, you know, when as as the showers are coming through this afternoon and we're sitting in the in the pub uh waiting for the rain to pass, <laughs> let's play a couple rounds of chicken.
0: Yep. Didn't it's didn't... like
1: playing Liar's Dice or um, can't stop or something like that, where it's just the dice. Yeah, it just didn't. I don't know. <laughs> I uh, wondered why this was on your list. I was like, okay, Joe, what you, you what you got you there? This seems this. a little light.
0: but Yeah, well, it was just one of those things because it was because it was from Keymaster. It's from the people that give us parks and trails and yeah, all these games. And I and I I'm sure it's a different designer. Um, I'm, I I say it. Scott
1: Alms. I don't I yeah. don't know. Let's see what else scott Olms has done yeah but um oh he's a tiny epic guy
0: okay well i like
1: so I um, my guess is you know he was like hey i've got this i mean y'all are in target with yep. parks and trails and stuff and um and i've got the super wacky light um dice trucker that isn't really a tiny epic title uh, but I bet it would I bet it could go to Target super quickly and y'all have that connection let's make something work I mean that's a conversation I'm having in my head telling myself but you know um, it seems reasonable
0: well and it's it's kind of like the that dog won't hunt game from it's a southern (laughs) thing do you remember that oh
1: yeah yeah no because that dog won't hunt
0: is is Liar's Dice yeah. With, yeah, with sort of a, you know, <laughs> redneck spin on it. So I, I, I don't know if this is liar's dice quite in the same way, but I mean. No, this looks more like, um, again, more like
1: more pushing your luck, like uh, can't stop or something.
0: Yeah, okay. Well, like I said, it just. Um... Like you, you go, if you keep going,
1: you might lose everything. And at some point, you could have gotten more, <laughs> and you passed the dice instead, and now Laura's winning, but yeah.
0: <laughs> I noticed you said, now Laura's winning? Yes. Okay, just just checking. I want to make sure yeah. I heard that correctly. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I should have kept rolling dice. Why but I oughta. Yeah, but no. So, the other one I have on the list is for no other reason than uh, our mutual friend, Chris Keener, backed this as a Kickstarter. Oh, did he <laughs> and he absolutely is excited about it, and I noticed that uh, the folks at Birdwood games um had some extra stock and they went ahead and put it on sale and I was in ah. so sometimes you know how it is when a Kickstarter ends, you can get the deluxe edition for a little mm-hmm. time, so I went ahead and got it ah. um. And I, I just thought, it, number one, I knew that, you know, Chris will, I could obviously play it with Chris, but uh, it looked like a pretty good game, and it looked like it was pretty interesting. So uh, I'm glad to see that um, that it's come to market. And you can go, and they have nice little discounts. If this you're first this, this of game is Dog Park, for, in case we have Yes, I'm sorry. Dog Park, yes, yes. Dog yeah. Park. And it's all about, uh, I like, the, actually, if you look at the mechanic of it, it's really interesting. You have to, um, it's two to four player, or, Yeah. Two to four players. It might be a solo mode. I didn't really look at that closely, but you are, um, you're using your reputation to attract dogs to your dog walking. And then you use the resources that you have to put them on their leads. And then you go for a walk. And as you go for a walk, you gain more resources and the idea is you're trying to have the best reputation at the end of the game,
1: and yeah, I thought it's a little it, engine
0: builder. It sounds like yeah, but it's and it's interesting because there there's a lot of variability because there's cards that talk about how you would go for a walk, mm-hmm. and what resources you might get, and then there's also certain types of dogs that if you collect them in a set, you get certain bonuses. So there's just a lot of it looked like it was clean and neat, but also kind of had a compelling thing. Because there's always like, there's the bird game. And then there's the cat game. Well, now there's the dog game.
1: I was going to say, these are mm. super cute puppies, too.
0: Yeah, the artwork on it is yeah. is really nice. Um, Adorable. And <laughs> Look at all the good dogs. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, we'll just go with that. Um, but anyway, I went ahead and got the, the, the collector's edition. I thought that was uh, nice. You know, a good opportunity because uh, it was on sale. Like I said, they have a little discount for your first time Birdwood awesome. purchase. So, uh, anyway, I just thought it's not really news, but I, I do like it when a, a Kickstarter starts delivering and then you miss it because when we get into our Kickstarter discussion, I'm going to have a story where I missed it. Got it from eBay, and then discovered that there's a reprint, and I'm like, oh. probably could have saved a little bit of money. Um, but um, so earlier we were talking. Um, oh wait, well, there's there's one other thing I wanted to, to get into before I get into that. Um, cool. I was in the the, the f- favorite local game store, friendly local game store yesterday, Carolina Tabletop Games, yes. and I was checking in on my. Um, a copy of the Dragonlance uh, oh. campaign setting for D&D because um, I, I collect the alternative covers which you can't see off here to the side and oh, okay. uh, it's due to come out on December 6th and I figured well um, we'll probably talk again before then but I thought I'd just throw that on here as a pending release because I know that Dragonlance is one of those iconic brands oh, yeah. in D&D history very similar to Strahd in the sense that you know, having something come out of the archives like that and be brought back to life is is really kind of cool. So,
1: well, like that, that and uh, like Forgotten Realms and these ones that you sort of, I was thinking about from the '80s and yeah, it was it's interesting. I'm glad that we landed on D&D briefly because um, in class the other day we were having two readings about Dungeons and Dragons. One is a 1990 social sciences article about. Uh, it turns out that D&D players are not more alienated or socially awkward than other human beings of their same age and cohort. So that was kind of fun. And the other one was uh, a guy who's writing a book to kind of explore whether role playing games are a kind of performative art form and using uh, performance theory to kind of think through it a little bit. and. So I brought a stack of RPGs. I've got Grim, the RPG, and D&D, uh, and uh, I've got an old AD&D handbook hmm. uh, from way back with the side uh, staples and all that kind of stuff um, from way, way way back. And then a couple of little indie ones and was passing all of these things around. One of my favorites is sort of like kiddos first RPG, which is Cat, where you play as house cats, uh, defending the family at night from um, small, Invasions, So, they were like, wow, all of these are role-playing games, like, what is it, what is it role? but then, you know, the D&D book is one of a stack, like, how do you learn all these rules before you play said, Well, you, you don't, you don't have to, you, you can, you can sort of choose what level you want to, like, well, what does it look like? So many questions. It's really interesting. And so I said, well, okay, it goes like this. Um, it's the end of a long day, you've been traveling, and you walk into a pub in the over and one there's a table with about four or five people having dinner. And there's a guy sitting over by the, uh, by the fire with his heels kicked up. And there's a guy at the bar, uh, you know, cleaning a glass with a, with a rag. What do you want to do? Like, Oh, uh, I want to go talk to the guy by the fire. Okay. So you go. And we just, just kind of started this little theater of the mind mm-hmm. thing. And at first they were a little confused and then they just kind of like the whole class just kind of leaned in. And I, was thinking this, this is why you play D This is why someone says, well, why did you play it for four hours? I'm like, cause you're telling the story. I can watch you physically lean in. Yeah. So that was a sort of a gratifying thing to, to watch and to, to do. And I thought, since we were talking about dragon, No, D&D I love
0: that. Right? I mean, oh. that's, that's yeah. one of the things that, you know, I, I, I think that what people have come, the reason people gravitate to this game so much, or this genre, genre is a better mm-hmm. way to say it, and I think this is kind of cohesive with what we talked about last time with Christina and and others along the way, is that collective storytelling mm-hmm. is so ingrained in the human experience. Every culture on the planet has their their origin mythos that comes from collective storytelling. And I think it's, it's so embedded in our DNA that we're drawn to it organically because of that. But I think if you look at, in particular, the last three years of our existence, yeah. where we have been compelled to be less sociable. And I think, you know, we've, we've already talked about the the pandemic phenomenon on board games, that people craved that social interaction, even if it was in their own bubble, that the board games became the catalyst for that. Yes. And I think, you know, our own, you know, our D&D game is remote because you where you live, where I live, where other people live. Um, mm-hmm. But if we were in town, um, you know, being able to get together collectively in person, Although it's a it's a bigger burden on the DM, maybe <laughs> <laughs> somebody else has to bring the pizzas. Down. Just because of all yeah. the stuff he's got to bring, um, but uh, and, but no, I think that that's a it's I, I love that that there's this you know group of late teen early twenty people that are just being drawn to that uh, because you know if you think about it, there you know we're I'm. Now, Mr. Snob about, oh, i am 5e, Pathfinder, kah, you know, uh, all these other things. But the reality of it is that, you know, there's Call of Cthulhu. Mm-hmm. There's um, Vampire the Masquerade. There's actually one on um, Ragnarok that came out a couple years ago that's more of the Norse mythos. Uh, the thing that gets me, though, what I love, though, is the elegance of the 5e system. And when you have a new game system comes out that you that is not tuned to that, mm-hmm. that's a little bit more complex for me just because I'm, I'm so ingrained in this. Um, yeah. uh, it's kind of like, oh, that'll it's like it's like I'm a I'm a I, I play golf every day and now we're going to go to putt. putt.
1: yeah, well, you know? no, and I think this is uh, we've talked, I think, occasionally about uh, gaming literacy, right? Like, sure. ah, okay, so this is an engine build right now, what to do, this is a that, you know, you'd be like, oh, so this is a game that runs on fate. This is a game that uses, uh you know, we're gonna use, a, it's a dice pool exploding dice. It's, uh you know, ah, this is all, um you know, it's all narrative driven or it's all, uh, it's a set of adjectives. And, you, you know, this and once you sort of play a bunch of them, then mm-hmm. you're like, oh, okay, so this is sort of like that, that's like this, that's like that. But like you, my, RPG um, literacy isn't nearly as strong as my board gaming literacy. And so I look at the same thing, like, Ooh, that sounds like the new Marvel game that's coming out. <laughs> um, like, ah, this sounds a little, but it's only three dice. And you just have to track a little bit and you're like, Oh, well, it can't be that hard to figure out. So, yeah.
0: You know. Well, here's, here's my fear. And I'm seeing, I'm seeing a lot of articles on this. Um, and this is kind of around the Dragonlance thing because, you know, <laughs> It's, there's been rumors about Dragonlance coming back to D&D for a while, and there was, some, there was some controversy over the authors, and would they come back, would they not come back? I'm not going to get into that here, because quite honestly, I don't know enough of the specifics to be cogent on the topic. But if you're interested in it, you can certainly Google it. Um, but what I've noticed as, um, you know, as, as Hasbro has gone through their last few fiscal cycles during the pandemic and realized... What a profitable asset, Wizards of the Coast is.
1: Holy shit, D D, we can sell. So- yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and and they, I've noticed that you know between magic and and which is making a tremendous comeback as well. Not my game, um, but you know that's it's a big profit center, and now I'm beginning to see, <clears throat> are they going to try to put rails on it? And what I mean uh-huh. and what I mean by that is, you know. It's, it's kind of like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to probably say something controversial here. J.K. Rowling does this whole series on Harry Potter where she borrows liberally from Mythos and she borrows liberally from C.S. Lewis and all these mm-hmm. people. And then she wraps her intellectual property copyright around and says, yeah, this is mine. Ah, and yeah. I'm afraid that we're seeing some of that in, <clears throat> in D&D. And I hope it doesn't come out that way because I think it goes back to the collective storytelling. Even when yeah. I have the module, like when I did Ghost of the Salt Marsh in Eberron for the store prior to the campaign that we're doing now, you know, it was. I looked at the book as a framework and guideline, not a chapter and verse, you must do it this way.
1: Right. And well,
0: that's the kind of nature. Yeah. Yeah. What D&D and, one hopes. and now that you guys are in the castle of Ravenloft, where there is a lot more content Mm -hmm. that I have to work from to make sure that when you get to where you're going to get to, it's a, it's a satisfying experience. I'm also trying to figure out what's happened before and what can I put in here to make it more interesting for Ah, our story than just, well, I've read the book, so I know on page 143, we're going to experience this. And therefore I don't want anybody to be able to do that. And to be quite frankly, I don't want to tell that story. Well, oh, it's,
1: yeah, it's much, I mean, it's a lot more work on the DM, but it's a much more satisfying, I hope, experience, not just for the DM, for the players, especially.
0: So uh, speaking of uh, Strahd.
1: Uh, that's what I was thinking.
0: And speaking of uh, Twitter, where we started this little section. So um, there is a there is a a, a channel on Twitter called Strahd Von Zarevich. Um, and uh, it's a guy he, he he basically likes to tweet as if he were Strahd and he will respond to people as if he were Strahd well with the new acquisition of Twitter by Elon Musk they've put some rules in around parody accounts and right. one of the rules is you have to have the word parody in your name so instead of Strahd Von Zarevich it's, it should be Strahd Von Zarevich parentheses parody uh, and he's not sure if he's going to get Caught up in that or not? Because I'm sitting here thinking, well, part of that is they don't want you to impersonate, like I don't know, a real Elon person, <laughs> or, yeah, Elon Musk or, I don't know, Kathy Griffin, I don't know. Um, mm. So I'm not really sure if he's going to be a target, but he, but but the way he's talking, it's almost more like, is he going to be a target because of the rule from Twitter's perspective, or because? And this is going to go back to what I was talking about before. Mm-hmm. Is is Hasbro or Wizards of the Coast going to go? Yeah.
1: That's
0: RIP. Yeah. And so yeah. it's gonna be really interesting. But I mean he's he's funny and, and I told him, I said, I said, listen. I responded to one of his tweets and said, All they have is the tome. They haven't found the sun sword. They don't have the you know, the raven kind, they don't have any of that stuff. And 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 the the, the mad wizards on the mad coastal wizards are play, are casting mind blank every day. They're fine. You're fine. That's all good. <laughs> but he yeah. may be, he may be Tumblr bound. Who knows? Uh yeah. But um, I would think, you know, personally, I think about all the influencers that they do reach out to. I mean, obviously, they're in bed with mm-hmm. uh, the Critical Role people. Uh, right. I think Jenny D has been involved in a few of their, their things. Um, and obviously, they have their own series of uh, live gaming where they use a variety of well-known influencers in the space. I would think an account like this would be a great influencer space because it keeps people engaged in this intellectual property that probably goes out and buys a a Stroud book. Oh, yeah. So I I would hope that they would view it in in that light.
1: Well, and it's, I mean, this isn't on the the list here, but um, there are uh, several games that are coming out. I think I was hearing somebody talking about uh, My Shelfie, for instance, that are coming out to, um, you know, Tabletopia or other um, digital platforms, you know, I mean, you have to get your um, you have to sign up for this platform to begin with to get access to it, but but you're not buying the game digitally right to play. Mm-hmm. You're just allowed to play this and it's like, hey, come here and play this game and we bet you're going to like it. and You're going to go and buy a live copy of it. And so I, I think about that in terms of people like the Stroud Von Zarevich. Uh, or other influences where the company says, you know what, it is much better to play along than to look like an asshole and uh, try to crush somebody who's having a good time and who other people enjoy using our stuff. Let's see how we can um, pull them into the, into the family there.
0: Well, it's funny because, you know, obviously we're doing Curse of Strahd as if it were set in Appalachia. Yes. Um, I Before we even started that and doing it on YouTube, um, I reached out to their legal department and said, "This is my plan. This is what we're going to do. Is this okay, or do I have to make some modifications?" Yeah. And the response I got back was basically their, the the Wizards of the Coast licensing, that says you can use this. Um. The and so there was basically an it's not it's like an OGL if you will, that right. if if you look at our first couple of broadcasts, you'll notice I actually have that on the the graphic ah. just saying hey this is this is produced in accordance with yada 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 just because i feel like that's important when you're because we're having fun with it but we're not disrespecting it
1: oh no quite so
0: um i mean we do have one character that has an f word problem
1: yeah <laughs> i bl- i
0: i blame their parents but you know
1: yeah yeah their parents are awesome though <laughs>
0: <laughs> so anyway no, it's fine so uh,
1: speaking of other um tabletop RPGs, shall we uh shift a little farther down the, the list there? Sure. Go for it. Where do you want to well, go? Well this is this is your
0: uh this is your kickstarter. Yeah, so list. this is my <clears throat> so it's been a month, so don't judge me. <laughs> um, no judgment. I, I was just kind of going through the Kickstarter things that I'm paying attention to. And now there are certain things like we talked earlier, like, hey, if this designer does something, I'm just gonna buy it side unseen. Sure. And, and of course, Frank West. And maybe we talked about this one before. I can't recall. Frank West's Race to the Raft was released, and this is the last in the series of uh, I, I Love Cats. Right. And um, so I was like, okay, I got to get this. Sure. Um, so we got the Isle of Cats. K- so we got that backed. Um, and then I had seen Wonderland Wars. Um. A friend of mine got it, and my wife is a big Lewis Carroll fan. And it, uh, so I thought, oh, this is great with the minis and stuff. And I would missed the original Kickstarter, and I went, and I was able to find a copy on eBay. Ah, um, uh, this is that story. This is okay. that story. I didn't – I mean, I wasn't – uh, did I pay more? Yeah. Did I pay ridiculously more? No. Um, sure. I'll leave it there. But then I noticed – there's a wonderland wars expansion of which Uh they're also going to do a reprint of the original one. And I'm like, damn it. Yeah. So I need to learn to be patient and think, Hmm, if it was really successful, will there be,
1: well, um, but that's the, that's the hard thing to judge with this industry.
0: Yep. But anyway, there is an expansion for wonderland wars. That's just the shards of madness. And I was like, well, I'll just go ahead and get the expansion. Because I don't like a complete safe there. Complete yeah. set, yes, I do. I need to have a complete set. Um, and then comp- yeah, previously com- discussed. And yeah. then speaking of complete sets, Canvas mm-hmm. has done their third and final. That'll be the that'll be a trilogy, so it'll be their last Excellent. one that they're doing there. So I had to back that. Because these are all. And just...
1: did you buy like did you did you back like a a set of three or was it the third in the set?
0: I already have the other two sets. I had backed okay. the first one, then I backed the second one. And so, no. yeah. Okay. But the one that you were driving at was the money yes. the Money Python tabletop RPG. And I was really back and forth on this. Yeah. But they added this really compelling looking game with it.
1: Oh yeah.
0: And that was the the I saw that. The little trick for me was like, you know, I'm I'm very interested in that. Mm-hmm. Because it's uh, it's called Feche la veche, I think is how you would say that. Uh, feche la vache. Feche, feche la vache. See, look at that. Yep. See, look at you knowing how to speak French.
1: Well, no, it's 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 the line from um, the Holy Grail. Okay, yes. Because feche is, they just made that up. <laughs> um, la vache is cow, so yes. So, Fetch the, the cow, cow. But feche, feche la vache. Yeah. yeah.
0: So that one was the, the the real driver for me. So I ended up backing nice. it.
1: That'll be super fun.
0: Yeah. But, and and there again, it's a, it, but this is the thing. They're gonna, it's going to come with dice, mm-hmm. but it's a completely different system. It's not 5e. It's going to be a different yes. kind of thing. But I think it's so unique because it's driving back to that movie
1: mm-hmm.
0: that it will be sort of its own thing. Oh yeah. It's kind of what I'm thinking.
1: And it should be hilarious.
0: And, and worst case scenario, hilarious. it'll, it'll fit nicely in the collection. There you go. Yep. So, um, so that was that one. There's two others that, that caught my attention. One is, was the ocean expansion. We, we got oceans we didn't get it as uh, a Kickstarter. However, uh, I run the the Discord, and I'm also an administrator of the Facebook channels for um, Carolina Tabletop Games. And uh, a lady had offered the owner three Kickstarter copies at just Kickstarter cost or, okay. di- or a discount. I can't remember exactly what it was, but anyway, I saw it, and I told... And he was kind of on the fence as if he was going to do it or not because there was three copies. And I, I sent him a, a text and I said, "Listen, if you do this, I'll buy one of them." <laughs> <laughs> and so we got we got oceans that way. Cool and uh, really really like it. Um, that was the one we took to the meetup uh, with the people. There's a gaming group that meet up every month over here at the Waldhorn, which is a German restaurant. So Dale and I went over there and and we we it was one of the games that we took and. Um, nice. One of the guys had actually been a play tester for it, so we pulled pulled it out and played the game. And I learned so much playing in that environment because just different strategies. You see the way that people play them and Mm -hmm. and how they score them. And so it was a very satisfying thing. So we thought, well, I I don't know if I'm interested in Evolution, which is not a prequel. It's just... um,
1: Right, it's just a same system. Different same, yeah. It, animals,
0: they yeah. don't they don't marry together. They're not required. You yeah. don't need one to have the other. Uh, right. Whereas this, I thought, okay, they're doing an expansion. And then this last one, I just, I, you know, it's the there's a, there's so many interesting games that are coming out of the Australian continent.
1: And this is survival, of survival, the fattest,
0: survival of the fattest. It's got uh, some <laughs> some great minis and some great. Uh, gameplay elements that were there and I thought, you know, this is one of those this is the kind of thing that just sort of fits my aesthetic of certain well, games. Well, it's
1: super fun looking.
0: And uh and I love it I love that where they, you know, they invest in the minis too. I think that's always we we enjoy games like that and and I thought oh, just, yeah. this one kind of had a um, a little bit of Everdell I was gonna say it does to, have a little bit of Everdell, yeah. Um with the cards and a little bit of uh, Meadow, maybe. But then the okay. mini the minis just really set it apart, I thought. Yeah.
1: Well it looks they look, you know, the cards look like it's as cute and um like unlike the uh the zoo when we were talking about earlier. Um the zoo tycoon, this one feels like the art let's you think it's gonna be a little more more stuff going on because the animals are anthropomorphized and they've got like looks like carrot weapons this kind of stuff you think hmm, <laughs> this is gonna ask me to do a little bit more than Zoo Tycoon it just looks hooray. So yeah,
0: I'm interested. So anyway it's adorable. I, I just thought it was uh kind of neat. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to think is there eleven days to go. Okay. Eleven days. My people, it's the thirteenth now. <laughs> so, so yeah, you know, um, it's funny. This is this. It's usually this time of year that I set up next Christmas, hopefully. And I say okay. hopefully because you never know if and when it's ever going to go off. That's true. Because I got to tell you, I, I think I've told you this before. There is an Indiegogo. Have I told you about my Indiegogo experience? I don't believe so, Can I have lay only, it on me? I have only bought two things on Indiegogo. uh one is that book from my friend uh Jennifer, who was published last year, okay, groovy, and then the other thing was um Crown's chest chess, rather okay, and um. They have been racked with um, Uh, problems, and I still don't have it. Wow. And And how long ago did you uh, pledge for this? uh, Before the pandemic. Damn. All right. And I've noticed, it was interesting, they're the only, and maybe this happens more often than I know, I'm not a big Indiegogo user, but this particular um, campaign was run on Indiegogo and Kickstarter concurrently. Okay. Between the two, they raised about 1.3 million. Nice. And they've been communicative in the sense that, hey, we got the prototypes. We don't like the prototypes. So we're having to redo them. Hey, we're doing this. Oh, now we're stuck waiting to get to the containers. Oh, now the container ships. There were very logical kinds of things. Okay. But there's still just a lot of we feel like we got our money taken, kind of feel like they're just coming up with these excuses, and they're just i don't know okay so I'll be curious to see i uh, I sent him a note <clears throat> this weekend just to say, hey, can I get an update people are are yeah people are curious yeah. but if you if you uh i put the l I'll put the link in there under miscellaneous if you want to take a look at it and just sort of see what some of the people are saying about it. Because um, if you go to their their updates. I mean, it
1: looks super sleek.
0: Yeah. So and,
1: I'm just hoping. Chess people are fetishists. So, you know, yeah.
0: Well, and for me, it wasn't even that. I mean, I, I enjoy chess. And I realize sure. that I the only copy of chess that I currently have in the house is the Harry Potter wizard's chess. <laughs> Fair enough. And um, Dale doesn't play chess. And uh, so I thought having this would be kind of cool because you could take it out to the park and you know set up a game and sure so I, I like the the idea of it as well but yeah. we'll see I'm 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 really I like to think of the best of people so I'm really hoping that I'm wrong and it's just truly really that you know an unfortunate thing and you know and and you know they they're just trying to get it across the line because I've I've seen that before when I backed um, the book on Kickstarter about the Korean mythology five e um, cool. Did I ever tell you about that? Mm, no, about it.
1: but it sounds awesome.
0: So it's called the Koru Hall of Adventures. And it's all based okay. on, it's 5e. It's right. by written by, I'm going to mess this guy's name up really bad, Aura Lane, A U R E L I E N, Lane. He's a, okay. French, he's a French writer who lives in Korea, and um, I backed it, and I got to profile a character. And so the character in here is based on my brother, Doc. Ah,
1: that passed away. Oh, that's awesome.
0: So, yeah. that's, so he, my brother is immortalized in this particular uh, campaign setting. But what was the reason I'm bringing this up is that this was a guy who did a Kickstarter by himself.
1: Oh, that's that's heavy And lifting. at the
0: very, very end of it, it was like him sending me a note. What please confirm your address because I'm I am mailing you this. Wow. And it showed up. So, um, yeah. Wow. So I can, so i you know that that prior to that, that was the most stressful 5e experience or a uh, Kickstarter type of experience I've ever had. So I'm hoping that it's just a, a matter of that. Yeah, because this guy was really cool. I mean, it was like, okay, you won this. Let's talk about the character, and we did this Very back cool. and forth um, kind of thing, which was kind of neat. That's awesome. Yep. So that's all I got this week.
1: That's that's the wrap for me as
0: well. <laughs> all right. So we'll be back. Uh, I, I assume we'll be back in a couple of weeks because uh, I hope so. Next weekend is the Sunday before Thanksgiving, it's and perfect. then the next Sunday would be. The weekend of Thanksgiving, I, I'll be around. I don't know what your plans are.
1: Um, I will be. Laura will be taking Sky back to, um, well, at the meetup place, mm-hmm. and then I will be. So I will be here um, running the uh, session of Emerson, the toddler game. So ah. uh, solo. So I will have a window. I window didn't realize snapping.
0: there was a solo mode.
1: Oh yeah, it's a <laughs> solo mode. There's so much to so much to say.
0: Yeah, I'll, we'll leave it there. All <laughs> right. Well, as usual, my name is Joe Mahaffey, and I am not bored. I am bored gaming.
1: I am James Egglehart, hoping that all your tiebreakers break your way.
0: We'll see you guys next time on Lay It On The Table.
1: Bye, y'all.